Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 30 of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Serena Holmes. Serena is an author and the CEO of event staffing and experiential marketing company, Tigris. Serena joined Tigris in June 2004 and bought out the founder four years later, which is, uh, I'm really interested to chat with her about that. That's, uh, that's really interesting. And Serena's book is called The Accidental Entrepreneur, and it's now available anywhere, but it's uh, particularly if you go to Linktree or linktr.com. E forward slash Serena Holmes author, um, then you can check it out there. But we'll give you uh, that link again towards the end, and it'll be available in the in the notes. Uh, Serena is passionate about travel, wildlife, sustainability, and her daughter. She was VP of events for AMA Toronto, January to December 2018, on Camp Trillium's board, 2015 to 2018, and volunteered with two elephant nature park projects in Thailand in 2017. Uh, Serena, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about Tigris and about your book. And also, I guess it's it's a good point to, to also mention for you leading an event, staffing and experiential marketing company, as much as you want to share around, um, you know, whenever I hear events, I think COVID has been, uh, you know, People have lost their lives in COVID. It's been incredibly challenging for a lot of industries, but events would have to be right up there as one of the hardest hit. Um, so just just let us know a little bit about your context now, but, but also maybe uh, let's start off with a bit of insight into what the past couple of years um, have been like for you as well. For sure. Um, so you're definitely correct that vegan events and being deemed a non-essential business has been very hard for us. Uh, within the first week of COVID really hitting, we had about $300,000 to $350,000 in sales just go up in smoke. Uh, everything was pretty much wiped off the board and we had over a million dollars in our pipeline. So um, I looked at it from the perspective that you know, maybe this will blow over really quickly, but at the same time, it could last longer than anyone expects. So every decision I made was thinking, I just want to make sure that I can cut our costs. We have a business to come back to when this is over. And thank God I did. Um, I let pretty much my entire team go except for one person because I had a three-month-old at home and I still wanted someone to provide me with some relief if things were going on. Um, and pretty much that's where we are today. So we had a team of 10 of us. Uh, going into COVID, I let uh, eight people go. And again, I was hopeful that it would have, you know, bounced back a lot more quickly, but we ended up completely unable to operate for six months. Uh, we had a bit of work from September to December of last year. We actually had a lot of work booked for the new year, and then we went into lockdown again for seven months. So we didn't start operating again until August of this year. Um, so definitely a, a big hit compared to where we were, but the irony is uh, we're doing well because we cut so many of our expenses down. Like we eliminated our our staffing costs in the office. We eliminated the office about seven months in. It's at empty for um, <laughs> a good stretch. And then it just worked out that a financial services company needed to socially distance their employees more. So they wanted to take over our space and we were looking to get rid of it yeah. uh, because it just didn't make sense to 
to be sitting empty. So we're actually doing okay, <laughs> considering um, our, our net profit's probably better than it, it was before and our retained earnings are like still in a very good place. Um, but I think it's just because I worked like very, very swiftly in the beginning to make sure that we weren't wasting money when we couldn't bring anything in. Yeah, wow. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, that just hearing stories uh, like like that in your industry where you just all of a sudden saw 350,000 just you know, wiped is just, oh, you know, I can't even fathom that. Um, and, you know, it sounds like some really, really hard decisions. Uh, but at, at the same time, um, I think, you know, well done on being able to be in a place now where, like you said, you've made it uh, to the other side or close, we're nearly there, you know, we're just at the end of November 2021. <laughs> Pending all these variants. <laughs> I know, that's right. If these variants would just uh, go away, then we could definitely be um, on the other side. But, um, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's uh, – I really appreciate you sharing that uh, with with the audience and exciting times ahead as things, um, as things do <laughs> hopefully uh, come mm-hmm, back towards mm-hmm. more normal. Um, Tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, go back a, a bit further than, than the past couple of years. I, I'm really interested to hear a bit about mm-hmm. your story. Tell us about how Serena became the leader that you are today. For sure. Um, so I guess for me, I had been uh, doing events throughout university. I was actually studying journalism. So I thought I'd be a reporter. That was very much my aspiration. Um and what they don't tell you going into school is how hard that's going to be or <laughs> the fact that you might have to move to a really small town in the middle of nowhere and make like next to no money um, just to get things started. So uh, when I came out of school, I was like, well, what now? And it just made sense to throw myself into promotional work while I was applying to different opportunities. And um, it just so happened that the woman that started Tigress uh, was introduced to me um, through a past job that I had. She kind of hired me and then disappeared. And it just worked out that she had been starting Tigress at that time, along with an event planning division called New Age Solutions. She had it under the umbrella of a marketing company called IOPT. And then she also had like a stag company on the side. <laughs> so she had a lot going on. And wow. she reached out to me just asking, you know, can you come over and host this for me? And at the time, I was a little hesitant to come over um, because I wasn't sure what kind of consistency she, she would have. Um, and it, it worked out that I was able to kind of work every week and through that was able to start working events as a brand ambassador with Tigris. Um, my first event was actually a restaurant opening, uh, which was kind of interesting. And then I guess it was heading into the fall. She was sitting down with me at an event and said, you know, do you want to come work with me in management? And at the time she was working in her parents' basement and had desks kind of just pushed up against some old wall units. <laughs> and I don't think she could even afford to pay me. I was probably like two, three days into the job. And <laughs> it just worked out that a city councillor reached out asking for an event planner. And she positioned it to him that, you know, event planners charge $50 an hour. And if you can't afford to pay that, then you can have her, you know, two days a week at $20 an hour, but pay her full time. It's kind of like a weird convoluted situation, but it worked out that I was able to work with her two, three days a week, work with him the other two to three days a week. And he paid my salary for six months. And then when it was over, um, he offered to extend my contract. And at the time I was like, you know, I I wasn't really comfortable working with him. The journalism stuff wasn't working out. Um, And I just finally kind of turned to her and said, I would accept the partnership that she'd been offering me over the period of time that we'd worked together. And uh, we started booking some really big events with a big uh, cell phone company and then later on a communications company that year. So we kind of started to grow very quickly from that point on and into the following year, even 
even more quickly. And then she kind of surprised me about four years in that um, she left the business for personal reasons. And, you know, it all happened very, very quickly. Like I think she talked about leaving in October and the buyout was done by the beginning of December. So wow. at the time I was like, you know, just bought my first house. I had all this overhead. I was am I ready to do this? I didn't even know at the time we were heading into like a worldwide recession. And basically my options were I could, we could split the money in the bank 50, 15 walk away and I could go get a job somewhere. We could potentially merge or she could sell her shares to somebody else. And that would mean that they would have 50% interest in Tigris, but I wouldn't necessarily have any interest in their business. So I'd kind of just become one of their employees or I could take the risk and buy her out. So we structured it so that I could pay her out based on company sales or retained earnings over a period of time. And I just paid the buyout and installments over the course of two years. Uh, so she left, I guess, December of 2008 officially. And then uh, I've been running it on my own since then and, and paid out since about 2010. Incredible. That's, uh, that's such a remarkable story. Uh, and tell us, tell us about your book about the accidental entrepreneur. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as you can probably imagine, I, I didn't, uh, plan to be in business for myself. I had not necessarily ever dreamed of running an events company the way that some people, you know, envision their future and envision a company when they start something. Uh, I kind of say that I went from surviving to thriving in some ways because I took the position and the opportunities just because I had to make money and what I thought I was going to be doing wasn't panning out. So, um, you know, part of the book is a business book. So I guess one of my reviews says it's part memoir, part you know, nuts and bolts business book, because I literally take it back to the beginning of my life. And the reason being is that I went through so much when I was a child that it, it just kind of built that strength and resilience, I think that you need when you are an entrepreneur. Um, when I was four years old, my parents separated. And then my brother passed away in an accident a year later. And then a few years oh, after man. that, ended up moving in with some extended family to um, basically escape a, an abusive relationship at home. And um, just one thing kind of led to another. And I just really learned like, you know, if I want to make money, I really have to provide for myself. And it doesn't mean that things weren't provided at home. Like I had, you know, food and shelter and like all the basics. But if I wanted to go and buy a pair of jeans or if I had a school trip or anything like that, I always felt like I needed to make my own money. So I was pushed from a very young age that I was taking on different opportunities and just anything to kind of get by and push myself forward. Mm. Um, so the book kind of chronicles all of those things early on that lead to all the things later on as an entrepreneur that uh, I think are very, very important. And if I, you know, not to say I'd want my childhood, um, if I could have chosen some different things, I probably would have, but at the same time, it, it made me who I am and it helped helped me definitely on my path when it comes to like persistence and not giving up and like survival mode and all the things that you have to go through when you have all those challenges as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's, uh, well, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, um, that's, uh, I, I think it's remarkable that you've made that connection between such, uh, you know, such a difficulty and, and really horrible things growing up, but how that's, I guess it, it, there's resilience and things that you've uh, built up just because you had to, as a young person uh -huh. dealing with those circumstances that actually, uh, when you went and, and, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you went, Oh wait, some of these things are actually coming <laughs> uh, are, are really helpful yeah. because as an entrepreneur, you need incredible, uh, resilience. Um, I think that's a really, uh -huh. I think that's, that's, a that's an amazing perspective to have coming out of those sort of hardships when you're little. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And that's what some people even like on my team have said when we have faced different challenges, whether it's something like that's happened with a client or, you know, we're in the business of brand ambassadors. So like anything can go wrong with them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one thing even my team has said, like they just, um, I guess they get the impression that I don't get stressed out very easily and I can remain calm in those situations because at the end of the day, like compared to some of the bigger things that have happened in my life, it's like, well, this is all going to blow over. It's still not something you maybe want to be dealing with at the time, but there's always a way to like figure it out. And, you know, there could always be something worse. So um, I think it's just always trying to look at things objectively and, and push forward. Wow. Well, I have so much respect for you for uh, having that perspective and, um, yeah, just really, really appreciate your vulnerability sharing that not only here, but putting that in the book. I think that's very, mm -hmm. uh, I, I can see why you you wanted to, to tell this story as well. And I can see why it's resonating with people and people are, are reading it. And mm -hmm. uh, because whether or not, you know, some people may have had similar experiences when they're younger. And it, I think it'll be mm -hmm. a big encouragement for them to actually see some of those things as uh, being part of mm -hmm. their story to shape a future of, successful entrepreneurship and and leading people well and um and also for those who haven't had the, that experience i think to be able to share that level of vulnerability and story is is always um incredibly moving and and meaningful so um when when did you have i guess as you think of your uh, entrepreneurship do you when 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 was sort of a, a point when you were maybe around the start of Tigris or even more recently, uh -huh. do you remember a, a moment that was a real moment of, um, uh, you know, really shaping you as a leader where you experienced something, uh -huh. whether it was something you saw someone else leading in and it's really shaped in how you lead or if it's a moment where you had a real crucible as a leader and, and realised you needed to, uh, you know, you needed to, have that same re resilience that you'd sort of um, built up over your life? Does anything come to mind? Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, uh, a really big turning point was probably at uh, the beginning of 2012. Uh, we had one big client that we'd worked with for about seven, I guess about around seven years. And they were probably between 60 and 70% of our income. And they pretty much disappeared in 2011. But we had another client that came along and, you know, dramatically increased the amount of work that they did with us. So I was, I was too busy servicing that work to really think about the fact that we'd lost our other client. Yeah. And as that year kind of came to a close, I knew like this work's not going to continue just based on what it was. And I knew like there, we have to find a way to bring in more business because to that point we'd only been uh, working on referral basis. So we didn't necessarily do very much advertising. Like we had a website, we blogged occasionally, didn't really know how to do it properly. Uh, so I ended up hiring an SEO company. And then about seven or eight months later, I came across a company that teaches digital marketing training. So we had success with SEO pretty much right away, like going from probably one call off our website once a month to probably two to three calls every single day. Wow. And then what I learned through the digital marketing program was there's so many other things that we weren't doing properly or that we could be doing to complement everything that the SEO company was doing. Um, so we learned all about targeted keyword research and just basically writing content around that properly to allow people to find us. And it's literally paid for itself a million, like millions of times over at this point in time. <laughs> like when we first started, I think we, you know, had a hundred quotes in a year and we've grown by at least a hundred more quotes every single year. So heading into oh, COVID, wow. I think we had done about 800 quotes. Um, so if we started with 120, 12, say the next year is wow. like 200 and then 300. Obviously you're 
booking like X percentage of that every single year. And sometimes they could be like huge multi-million dollar opportunities. And, you know, in one case, like um, we had a, a client that came to us and they read a blog about something that we did in a related industry. And mm. they just signed like a $250,000 program without even meeting us, like just sign the quote back. And we're like, what? No <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> uh, so it's just amazing because then you book this one event and then they, you build the relationship with them and they come back for repeat business. So I would say about 95% of all brand new leads stem from SEO still to this day. Wow. And then about 70% of them become repeat customers over whatever period of time that may be. Um, so I can't speak like any more highly of it. It's definitely probably my biggest regret is just not doing it sooner because we did have <laughs> someone talk to us about it yeah. and we just, you know, didn't understand it. We said we were fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I definitely wish I could go back at that time and I would have, you know, taken money on my line of credit and invested properly in like a, a good website and, and yes. setting that up. And it probably would have been very much changed our trajectory, but I was only 23. So maybe we weren't ready for that volume of work. <laughs> <laughs> so that was <laughs> like one right. half of it. Um, yeah. And then at the same time, I started um, investing in coaching. So I'd been winging it for eight years. Yeah. I had been growing my team at that point. There was um, I think two of us full-time and two part-time and, you know, I probably wasn't the greatest to work for at the time. I would go into my employees' emails and just like, you know, think I'm helping them on the weekend. I'll be like, just sort through this and I'll get a head start on the week. And, you know, probably was micromanaging them way too much. Um, <laughs> so through having different coaches and mentors and stuff like that, they really helped shape my perspective on leadership. And we'd focus on, you know, everything from branding and bookkeeping to sales and strategy and leadership and all these different things. Um, and I think probably who I am now and the way I lead my business now is like night and day from seven or eight years ago. Um, so I think it really helped, especially, you know, entrepreneurship doesn't come with a handbook, right? So if you can learn from people that have been there or people that have helped other people in their positions, and I think that's extremely important as well. Oh, I completely agree uh, because the alternative is trial and error, right? Like <laughs> we all, we all learn by trial and, and error. I've had plenty of that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, in my book, I do talk a lot about those mistakes and how I could say yes. like what I did wrong was this, you know, if yeah. you could go back and change it. Cause you know, like, you know, if I just took this person outside to talk to them as opposed to waiting or sending an email or, you know, maybe mm -hmm. if I'd approached it this way, like it could have had a different outcome and that applies to all kinds of things, whether it's clients or um, employees or staff or, or different situations. Yeah. But I think that's where the lessons come in, right? And if you can extend those learnings to other people or people that are in, whether it's life or in business, maybe it'll help them avoid those same mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's really wise advice. And I, I, I just love how SEO and coaching, they're such different, uh, they're such like really different <laughs> areas of business but for you they were both so pivotal and I, I just really love that let's uh -huh. let's talk a bit about SEO I I can just picture uh -huh. our listeners um <laughs> you know who might have been listening and then uh you know in the car or something and that they, they've just turned it up when you mentioned how SEO transformed your business and they're going yeah hmm, okay that's so what would your advice <laughs> be about where to start for someone who maybe knows they really need more leads in their business or in their team, uh -huh, uh -huh. but doesn't have any experience with SEO. For sure. Um, so I guess for us, like we started just hiring an SEO company and we, I reached out to many different companies, um, decided on my top three and then uh, ultimately went forward with them. But like I said, it's like hiring a mechanic. If you don't know a lot about cars, like there's a lot that you may not understand. Um, it just worked out that I was, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and invited me to an hour seminar on SEO and digital marketing. And 
I filled 10 pages in my notebook and I was like a sponge. I was like, there's so much that I don't know. Um, and then I signed up for a three-day course and from the three-day course signed up for a five-year membership. So you could take every single one of their courses as many times as I wanted. So uh, there was advanced digital marketing. Um, there's so many courses. I think I took probably six or seven over a period of time and some of them I took two and three times. But basically they teach you how to conduct targeted keyword research so that you're blog writing effectively. So to that point, we've just been blog writing, but there's no rhyme or reason for it. Um, ultimately, you wanna find keywords that have a certain number of daily searches and they have low competition so that you can rank on the first page of Google. Because statistics show that people, you know, I think the top ranking will get about 95% of the hits. If you're in the top three, you might get about 60% of the hits. If you're on page two or three, chances are like you won't be getting contacted at all. So um, ideally, yes. like that's where you want to be. And it's a matter of trying to find those right keywords that are in that sweet spot that there is a lot of competition, but you have to know like how many searches are going to be um, achievable. Like obviously at this point, there's the market is very saturated. So you have to come up with all those keyword phrases. So for example, we had some girls working an event for the Queen's Plate for Labatt. And we wrote a blog around like, I don't know, it was like Labatt promotional models at Queen's Plate. And just because that was in our domain, uh, someone saw our girls working that event, searched it, and that's how they found us. <laughs> so huh. just putting certain keywords together where there it's like, what the service is and where it is or whatever that may be um, can lead to all different ways that people can contact you. So, um, you know, just trying to be very consistent with that. Um, ideally before we were blogging at least once a week, sometimes more. Um, and then once you have gone through like your checklist of all the things that have to be in the blog, then you push it out to social media. Sometimes we'd run ads just to get extra visibility, but ideally you just want to increase the number of links and traffic to your website. Um, I wouldn't say that Google AdWords does not work, but for us, we didn't get the same traction or anywhere close to the same traction and it can get very expensive. Yes. Um, all of this work has been done organically. So um, the only cost is really just maintaining the website. And then if we had an SEO company and we have had them at different times and at different prices and stuff like that. But um, you know, right now, for example, like we've only been blogging ourselves for the last year and a half and we're still ranking on the, like near to the top page and we're still getting contacted like, pretty frequently yeah incredible okay well uh let me <laughs> i really want to find out more about seo from you serena because i think you're <laughs> i love chatting with people who've actually done it you know like where you've actually yeah had an seo company work with you you've seen the, the fruit i get so excited about that uh because i know it can help yeah, other businesses because so many people just look at it and they might have been yeah, looking at sure. that for 10 years and gone i just don't know where to start so um, well, and that's the thing. I, I think every business is different. Like if you have, if you're the kind of business that just depends on walk through traffic, then mm. it may not necessarily be something that makes sense for you. But for what we do, like we have staff yes. literally all over the country. Sometimes we've done stuff even in the States. Um, so you just want to be available for the people that can find you. So it doesn't matter where we're working. Um, mm. It really matters where the event's going to take place. So you're trying to, you know, match the geography with what you do and stuff like that. So it doesn't necessarily, yes. may not work the same for some businesses, but for us and, and for many others, of course, it would be a good way to attract those leads. So say there was a, uh, uh, someone listening who runs a small business, um, and mm -hmm. let's say they run a, um, uh, a cafe, uh, you know, that's, a that's, a or they run a bunch of cafes in a local, you know, in a, in a city somewhere near you, and they've mm -hmm. never done any SEO and, you sort of came mm -hmm. in and and you you were just there for like 
one day to help them just get started? What 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 would be the sort of the steps and the things that you'd do to for that uh-huh. sort of business? Or if that's not a good example, you can pick a different business. But what would you do starting from scratch if you were with them for a day? What would you sort of set uh-huh. up? Yeah, I literally even have like a whole breakdown of like the order of what we do. So we manage, for example, with our business, a spreadsheet of targeted keywords. And we want to look at um, the diversity of them. But then you go back and run kind of the the search profile. So how many daily searches there are. There are different tools that we use. So at one point in time, we we're using something called Market Samurai, which has subsequently been uh, closed down. Um, you can also use like just Google AdWords search, or you can use Uber Suggest. There's different tools out there to run the same kind of competition analysis just to see how many searches and what kind of competition you're looking at. And then there's different um, plugins that you can use on your website. For us, we're using WordPress. So there's a plugin called SEO by Yoast, and you can literally just follow the checklist to make sure that your keywords appearing in all the right places, like your headline, the first, um, the beginning of the first sentence of the entire blog, um, links throughout, and me highlighting some of those um, or bolding some of those keywords. And there's just kind of like the different strategy behind it for a cafe that probably largely depends on people just in proximity to them walking by. SEO may not necessarily make the most sense, but they could probably drive some traffic. Like I think for us, we're very much like the work is B2C, but we're B2B. Um, But I think when you're a business consumer, you could probably really benefit from Facebook ads or if you're trying to promote like, you know, say pastries for corporate events or for special occasions, then maybe Facebook ads could be something that could really drive um, your traffic or for social media. Cause I find that people tend to follow the things that, you know, bring them pleasure or they can like surprise other people with and stuff like that. But for us, we're very much the company that, you know, brand manager for a pretzel company is like, I need to find brand ambassadors in Calgary and they'll sit there and, and search for us. Right. So if we're yes. near the top, they're going to give us a call and that, that literally happened today, for example. Wow. Um, so it just, to me, I think they're not. We're not the company that people are searching for on their phones necessarily on their own time, yes. right? They're at work. Yeah. They're trying to find a resource, yep. and that's the easiest way to find a company like ours. So you're looking at targeted, targeted keywords, and what you're looking for is mm-hmm. a high number of searches with a low competition. Yeah, it's almost like a um, an average number of daily searches because then it's not necessarily a super competitive keyword. Ah, So when we did our training initially, it was between 100 to 300 daily searches. And then you want to see low competition in, and there's kind of like a whole breakdown of what things you were looking for. Um, With Uber Suggest, it operates a little different from Market Samurai, but it will tell you if it's like an easy keyword to go for or difficult. And then sometimes you might attach the geography to that. So you wouldn't necessarily just say like, great cafe. You might say like, great cafe Toronto and you want to attach like where it is Uh, or something like that. So um, for us, like we have all different variations of Calgary brand ambassadors. It could be like Calgary brand ambassadors, brand ambassadors in Calgary, best brand ambassadors of Calgary. And, and just (laughs) those little nuances with the keyword, it's the same thing, but you don't know how people are searching. Yes. And the other thing is sometimes the way that people speak is not necessarily how you'd write. So they might search brand ambassadors Calgary, but you'd never write that into a sentence that way. Um, So sometimes you just have to be creative with the way that people would actually search. So just think of all those different ways that people could look for you. And even as a joke, like our, my teacher at the time had spoken about the, the spelling mistakes. So with us, experiential marketing is often spoken as experimental marketing. So people will search that, but it could actually lead you to some searches. And then you can talk about how this is like a common mistake and no, we're not experimenting on people, but you can kind of do a tongue in cheek on it or something like that. So even think about 
make, you know, common spelling mistakes associated with your business. And that might lead to some additional prospects as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for unpacking that. I think that's a great mm -hmm. um, introduction to to some thinking about SEO, maybe for those who have mm -hmm. tried it before or have just never ventured to, to give it a go. I think you will have really encouraged some people around mm -hmm. that. Um, what about uh, coaching? What advice would you give to people who've never had a coach or a mentor before? Maybe they're worried about uh, spending money on it or maybe they're worried about time because mm -hmm. they're so time poor. What, what would your advice be for mm -hmm. those who may not have had a coach or a mentor before? Yeah, I think so for me, um, the first business a coach that I had was quite expensive. Um, I think at the time is $1,200 a month for two meetings. And I would say the learnings were a little bit high level, but she did teach me how to analyze my numbers when it came to sales and margins and stuff like that. And then she also told me at the time my retained earnings were too high. So they were just wasting away in the company. So for me, I was always like, oh, like I like to have at least a year's worth of operating costs so that if we ever hit a rough patch, like I'm always fine. But she really pushed me to see that that's a waste. And most companies operate on three to six months, three being more the norm. Um, and I ended up using some of that money for investment over time has passed. I've used it for different reasons. Um, and that's helped me to develop some different passive income streams, for example. I'd say the the mentor that gave me the most benefit, I met through a mentorship exchange with the AMA, actually, um, the company that you mentioned that I had volunteered with. Yeah. And they were only, I think, I think the mentor exchange was about $750 for nine months. So far, far less expensive. But basically, they match you up with a mentor that could be in any different type of field. So I was matched up with the owner of a marketing consultancy. And he basically would go into businesses and find what's wrong with them and then develop efficiencies to make them more cost effective and make improvements and stuff like that. So our first meeting was eight hours and he just deconstructed like my whole business. Like he looked at our financials. He looked at our branding. He looked at how I'm spending my time. And we were probably about 10 years into business at that time. And he's like, you're doing your own bookkeeping. And like, I'm not a bookkeeper. So it probably took me like three times longer than an actual bookkeeper, but we never understood like how we could communicate all these hundreds of people we have to pay all the time. And he's like, you have to get this off your plate so that you can focus on sales. So we had to develop yeah. a system to, work with the bookkeeper. And yes, there was a cost to that. But then after hiring her, our sales doubled. <laughs> so, you know, we were like wow. barely making ends meet. And then all of a sudden our sales doubled when I took like all that time off my plate to focus on what we needed to be doing, which is bringing in business. Um, so it, it's been kind of interesting to see like all of that stuff. Uh, from a branding perspective, he wanted us to streamline stuff. So we had, you know, IOP Marketing Groups Limited, New Age Solutions and Tigris, and he really pushed us to consolidate. Um, my, the founder at the time had kept them separate so that, um, event planners or marketing companies didn't feel, um, hesitant about hiring us knowing that we did event planning. So she wanted to keep the staffing separate. So when that change happened, uh, yes, we lost a couple businesses. It felt threatened that all of a sudden they were aware of the fact that we did what we'd been doing the whole, like the whole time. Um, so it was kind of that benefit, but then it also helped us attract some bigger business because all of a sudden people like, oh, you do this too. But because it had been kept separately and one brand was, you know, more identified than the other, um, it helped in that perspective. So there was a lot of different things. We basically developed a complete wow. action plan for the time that we worked together. And I had deliverables that I had to meet. And then every month we'd catch up and go over like what I'd gotten to, like what still had to get done and all of that stuff. And uh, it was it was definitely like a huge, huge help. Like there was things that at the time he's like, you know, your margins are all over the place from year to year. I'm like, I don't know what a margin is. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So then we kind of understood, like, we need to be quoting this to know that we're going to make this, that we're meeting like this profit and recovering our costs. Like, you know, it's just something that we, he pushed us to look at our numbers totally different. And to this day still, like, we don't send something out without looking at that the right way. Uh, but at that point, like, you know, again, no one teaches you how to do this stuff. So you're just, you're kind of making all this stuff up as you go, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that was <laughs> that was obviously a massive learning, but it sounds like yeah. uh, he was he really helped you sort of focus in on some things. Yeah. It wasn't just learn a bunch of things, but there were some things that he really showed you and you went, ah, like the bookkeeping is just one example and your sales mm -hmm. doubled after that. That's crazy. Well, he's far more tactical, far more tactical. It wasn't just like overarching, like high level things. It was like, okay, so these are things you have to go and do like actionable items. Um, so I found that super effective. Um, another group that was really effective, a little, a little costly, like me about a thousand dollars a month, but, um, we had one eight hour meeting together every single month and there was kind of a group leader and then anywhere from eight to 10 other business owners. And you would have a focus, um, every single month. So whether that was sales or strategy or leadership, and then you'd also go through opportunities, challenges, and issues, and you could just process things that were happening in your business at the time and get feedback from other business owners. Like if there's something you're struggling with, then you could kind of hash it out during that meeting. Because obviously when you're working and sitting at the top, like I can't ask my employees, like, do you think we should move the office? Or like, what what should we do about this client? Or like, if you're having an issue with an employee in the office. Um, yes. So those are all things you could bring to the table to try to work through with, with your, kind of your peers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, I still just love the SEO and the coaching, um, <laughs> how significant they are for you. And I think, I think it's great. They're just uh -huh. two great things that, uh, business owners can really, can really learn from and, and jump into, uh, -huh. uh I, I really want to encourage people to go and get your book, the accidental entrepreneur. I just, um, uh, it's been such a joy chatting with you about it. Did you have any, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah around the book and also can you just remind listeners where they can find it if they want to go and get it right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think my goal with the book was to either help people that are going through something challenging. Obviously, the early chapters uh, will go through some of that stuff, but I just hope that there's lessons that will help people. I think, you know, I didn't go to, into it thinking I'm going to sell X number of copies or anything like that. I just really wanted to help the most people. And, you know, from the time I was very young, people had always said, you know, you have to write a book about this one day and I finally got around to it. <laughs> so uh, now that it's available, I, I do hope it helps as many people as possible. And it's been really nice to get feedback from people that have been reading it and saying like, you know, I went through the same thing or, you know, my kids are going through the same thing now or Absolutely. whatever it may be. Uh, so I guess for people that are interested in getting it, I know you mentioned Linktree. So it's linktr.ee forward slash Serena Holmes author. And you'll see a whole bunch of different options in terms of where you can buy it. Uh, so obviously, if anyone is here in Canada, there's Amazon.ca, Amazon.com for anyone in the States. But then there's also um, Apple Books, eBook, Barnes & Noble, Books Depository, Indigo, Kindle, and Smashwords. So no shortage of options <laughs> for anyone that wants to uh, get a yeah, copy to, to read it. <laughs> And Serena Holmes is is spelled S E R E N A H O L M E S for anyone um, that's correct. Looking that up, yeah, wonderful. Thank well, you. Uh, it's been. I, I just want to uh, firstly thank our listeners and encourage you to go and buy Serena's book. Um, I just, yeah, it's just been such a joy today chatting about that. So please do go and support Serena, buy the book, and I know you're going to get a lot uh, get a lot out of it. And uh, for our listeners, don't forget that you have 
our other podcasts that we do at Clarity. We have the John O'White Leadership Podcast where I give you uh, content. The one that, that I just recorded yesterday is around are leaders born or can they be made and answering that question. So if you're interested in that, go and check it out. And leadership question of the day where I put a stone in your shoe with a different leadership question every day uh, to help you grow as a leader. But I want to just finish by saying a massive thank you to Serena for being so generous uh, with your time and sharing so vulnerably uh, around your stories. And I just, I know that many, many people are going to be encouraged from hearing this and encouraged to lead and to maybe give entrepreneurship a go. Maybe people have ruled themselves out because of some things they've been through and to hear your story and go, actually, you know what, maybe I can do this. And uh, and I also mm-hmm. really believe that, um, that people are going to be really encouraged as well around SEO and coaching, some things they might have given up on. Uh, to take a bit of a leap. So, uh, Serena, I just can't thank you enough. It's been such a joy to have you on the podcast. Great. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content. And it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much 
that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself, and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. 95% uh, of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.